We are back for another episode of Love It There. It's been a little bit to get started, but here we are. We're ready. We're rolling. We're going. Hallie, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. A little sentimental because I just had my last first day at IU. So officially a second semester senior. So weird. Wow. Yeah, first day was great. It was really boring as it usually is, but... And you're about to literally, okay, so we're recording this on Monday, and Hallie's leaving on Wednesday Wednesday. to go to Tulsa. So she's literally just like skipping her first week of class. So yeah, it's silly week. It don't matter. (laughs) But, and then it's MLK day on Monday. So I'm like going to two days of school and then not going to be in school again for like another week. But well, don't you have like no classes anyway, basically this semester? Yeah, my first class today was yoga. It was yeah. amazing. And then I only have one class Tuesday, Thursday, and no classes Friday. Perfect. Yeah, that's how yeah. it should be second semester senior when you've already exactly. gotten into grad school and you're good to go. So I'm chilling, just awesome. trying to get to the finish line. Yeah, no, you got it. You got it. How was your day? It was, you know, it was a Monday, but I mean, it's all right. Work was work. Um, <laughs> nobody cares about that. Um, I did want to update, actually, probably nobody cares about this either, but I decided for sure to bail on a Court of Thorns and Roses series. So, oh, yes, big news. Yeah, I got halfway through the second book and I got word from one of our listeners. She was like, don't do it. She's like, life is too short to read unengaging books. I'm like, you're so right. You are so right. So I'm done. finished the second book and I am currently listening to the third one right now and reading seven husbands of evelyn hugo that's a much better book yeah so i'm doing two at once right now new year new me i was like that's so ambitious (laughs) listening to a court of thorns and roses is gonna take you forever but it said it's 25 hours yeah that's a lot which honestly isn't as long as i expected like i feel like it would take me more than 25 straight hours to read it because it's like yeah, 750 pages. Right. But anyways, enough about books. Nobody yeah, cares. that's nobody. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> nobody cares about anything in my life going on. So um, that's so depressing. <laughs> say that. <laughs> I have no exciting news to share, but wait. Okay. Hallie told me this off the pod, but you, do you want to tell the <laughs> listeners about the experience your roommate had at IU? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So if you've (laughs) ever been to Bloomington, Indiana, for some reason, there's like a ton of homeless people that live here, which like, I feel like is kind of the same with a lot of college towns, but like, it's actually a big issue here. Bloomington for some reason. Yeah. They're like very uncontrolled. And, (laughs) (laughs) and my roommate on Sunday texted in our group chat and (laughs) was like, guys, like, I just got chased inside of our house by a homeless lady with a hammer. <laughs> and she, like, came into our home chasing my roommate with a hammer. And Mariah, well, my roommate Mariah, had to, like, call the cops on her and, like, threaten. Well, she the way she got her to leave is that she was, like, going to call the cops. But, like, low-key life-or-death experience. Yeah, but... just your average day on Bloomington <laughs> campus, so... Yeah, honestly, she was pretty unfazed, which is, like, impressive because I don't know if I would have handled it that way. But, yeah, now we, like, never locked the doors whenever we left our house. Like, we would lock it at night. But, like, there's five of us, and we're always constantly coming and going throughout the day. And so we would just, like, okay. never lock the doors, which that is bad. That is not smart. No, you need to always well, lock now the doors. We're, now we're locking the doors <laughs> Hallie, how have you lived on Bloomington's campus for four years and you're just now like, oh, January of my last year of school, (laughs) I'm going to start locking my door after me. Like, are you kidding me? There's, I feel like there's never more than like 30 minutes where someone is not at the house. There's no way that's true. There's, even if someone's at the house. Okay. Yeah. Make sure you do, because now people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, they don't lock their doors. Look up the address. Yeah. They're going to find you. No, we They're do lock the door and... now. Okay. Whatever. 
Anyways, right. enough about me. Yeah. This is exposing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, we do have a good episode all about Rome today. I'm really excited because I've never been to Rome. And so I'm really excited. I feel like Hallie and I never did really like a deep dive on Rome when we were just like chatting about her time when she was there this past summer. So I'm excited to really hear her thoughts about it. We're going to hit on some of the like can't miss spots in Rome and also Vatican City, which is technically its own country, but it's really close to Rome. Learn a little history and stick around because we have another little travel hack at the end for you. So let's get into it. Enjoy today's episode on Rome, Italy. Okay, let's start with some of our listener questions that we got. So the first one was, are you Team Remus or Team Romulus? Which, Hallie, would you have any idea what this meant? (laughs) I had heard of the names, but I was unfamiliar with the story. So I had to do a little bit of digging, a little bit of research. Well, had you heard of it? What team I was on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, had you heard of it like just because you went to Rome? Or is this something that I should have like known about regardless of having been to Rome or not? No, I didn't hear about it when I was in Rome. Okay, okay, good. It, nobody oh, wait, ever no, talked about it. But, but wait, so I how think did I, you know about it? I think I'd like heard about it when I like was learning about like Greek mythology or like ancient Rome, maybe like in school. Okay. Somehow I had it heard about it, but it's kind been of a long familiar time. to me, but I have no idea. So okay, so the story is Deep in Roman mythology or the ancient legends, tale as old as time, whatever oh, wow. it is, there's some debate about this. The the these two people, they're twins. Okay, so they were this. The legend has it they were son of a human woman and a god, the Mars god of war, and these twins were ordered to be killed by the king. And so their mother put them in a little basket, put them in a river, sent them on their way. And then this wolf found them and then raised them. And so apparently there's like... So if you've ever seen... There's like a famous sculpture of a wolf standing and two baby boys like (laughs) feeding off of the wolf. I have like seen that sculpture before. Had you? Uh, I, not that I really remember, but okay. I think well, this is multiple. like a famous, yeah. This is like a famous depiction of the story. Yeah, there's the like sculptures, the and there's it's in like art and paintings and things of these. Yes, two human boys suckling on the wolf. So Ooh, I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's they're not just. What was the word you said? I have to feeding. Paint the, yeah, I had to paint the picture for for the listeners. So anyways, as adults, these twins, after they were nourished by the wolf, they <laughs> they wanted to build a city, but they disagreed on where it should be. So apparently, let me make sure I get this right. Well, they killed Rom- the king. Oh, see, they I didn't know that. They overthrew the king, to my understanding, is the, the two wolf twins gave them special grow powers. up. Yeah. Well, they're the sons of this, like, powerful god, which is why the king wanted them killed. Mm -hmm. But then they survive, and they grow up, and then they, I think they kill the king to, like, take the power. Okay. I could literally be so wrong, but this is what I read on (laughs) Wikipedia. Well, okay, it's very debated. No, it's debated amongst different sources and things, so... But then, yes, the two twins disagree on where to establish their city, and Remus, no Romulus what, kills Remus. No, I let me explain. <laughs> Remus makes fun of Romulus's city and like is putting him down and is like, "Your city sucks." And then Romulus kills Remus for oh. making fun of him. So they had two cities. Yeah. So what's Remus's city? Um, I don't know if it's ever like discussed. Okay, but he was Maybe making fun is. of Romulus for what became. Present day Rome. And he was like, yo, Rome sucks. And and then then Romulus Romulus is like, I'll show you, dude. So he kills his twin brother and then Rome becomes Rome. Romulus is Rome. Right. Exactly. So this is the founding tale of Rome. 
So I guess it's some great debate. Are you team Remus or team Romulus? What do you think? I'm not going to back a murderer, so I think I'm going to say I'm team Remus. <laughs> okay, I'm team Romulus because... She likes a why? bad boy. Ew. Dude, <laughs> that was oh, horrible. Never say that again. <laughs> okay, well, what's your I reasoning? I cringed. What, okay. What's your reasoning? My reasoning is that these two boys are born. They've been through so much together. They finally grow up and have what they've always wanted. Why is he, why is Remus turning against his brother and trying to like hate on his city? Like they're in this together. They've been in this together the entire time until Remus decides to be an ass about it. And then, well, maybe Romulus was being mean to him and wouldn't let him help. Why were they trying to make two different cities? <laughs> First I don't know. They probably both like wanted to be their own ruler. This isn't even true. I don't believe it for I don't believe even a part of it. Like I don't really? think any of it's true. Like I think there's if because if there were two twins that made this city, like how did it become that they suckled on a wolf to gain these this <laughs> nourishment? Like just none of it's true. No, I don't believe any of it. Okay, do you believe Tarzan's not true? Yes, I believe Tarzan's not true. Is that a debated thing? Do people actually think that really happened? I don't know. That's just like the closest comparison I could think of. All right. Well, we need to put a poll on the Instagram story to find out if other people are Team Remus or Romulus. Yeah. I'll, There's probably I'll get that more going. details that I'm missing. And, but I just, yeah, I'm going to stick with my answer, Team Remus. Okay. okay. The next question was, is Rome good for a honeymoon? Like I said, I've never been to Rome, but I asked Jackson and he said if for like people who love just travel in general, good food, historical sites, museums, then it would, yes, yeah, so it would be a great spot for a honeymoon. But he's like, not so much if you're looking for more of a relaxing honeymoon because he's like, we got like over 30,000 steps every single day that we were there. So it just depends on kind of what sort of honeymoon you want. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like for me personally, when I think of a honeymoon, I think of relaxing, lounging by the beach, by the ocean. Like some people want the complete opposite of that on their honeymoon and want something where they're going to be active and on the go. And, and so honestly, it completely depends on like what you're looking for. But yes, when we were in Rome, granted, we were only there for two days. So we like I mean, it's a huge city. Like, two days is not really enough to cover the entire city of Rome at all. So we were, like, jam-packing everything, and we were constantly on the go. So, like, for us, it felt very hectic. Maybe if you were there for a week, it could still, like, be right. pretty relaxing. You could have your leisure time in between, like, the big things that yeah. you're doing that day. Yeah. But it's – I mean, it's such a great city if you're somebody who appreciates history, appreciates art – if that stuff doesn't interest you, then Rome probably shouldn't be on the top of your list. But, I mean, it has amazing things to see. So Okay, next question was, any non-touristy food or entertainment spots that you would recommend? Did you have anything for that, Hal? I did not because, like I said, we were literally there for two days. So everything we did was pretty touristy and we were trying to do, like, the most popular and most recommended things. So I unfortunately can't give a lot of advice on that yeah I wish I could but it would probably it's honestly probably pretty hard I mean just because Rome is such like a hot spot destination to go yeah. and so you'd have to like really try to find people who spent an extended period of time there like maybe try to find people that like studied abroad there or something like that and see if they have any recommendations um, maybe we can put something on the Instagram like a question box like and put this out for other people to answer to see if other people have thoughts on that. But yeah. Um, okay. And then another question or like this is the last question, kind of like a two-part question. Is Rome worth the hype? Where does it land if you had to rank top cities in Italy you've been to? So I asked Jackson this too. And he said Rome was Jackson's favorite city in Italy that he went to. And he just went to Rome, Venice, and Milan. So it doesn't have a ton to compare to. But he said the pasta, he's obsessed with, I mean, pasta is his favorite food by far. And he said the 
food in Rome was by far the best classic Italian food that he had. So that sure. in and of itself is worth the hype. And he loves like he loved the history and all the culture and everything that he learned to it. He was like, literally, if you're going just for the food, that would even be worth it. I would completely agree with that. I think the food in Rome was amazing. The gelato in Rome was amazing. The cannolis in Rome were amazing. So good. Also, just like the history in itself, like the Colosseum is one of the seven wonders of the world. So Mm -hmm. getting to say you've gone to see that, even if like you're not a history buff, I mean, you can't deny that that's like so cool. Right. So that's makes it worth it to me. I would say if I had to rank the cities in Italy that I've been to, I haven't been to Venice, so I can't compare that. I did go to Milan. Milan would probably be towards the bottom of my list. I agree. It was beautiful, but wasn't anything that like really stood out to me. I I don't know. It's so hard to compare like super relaxing destinations to a place yeah, like Rome. I feel like the coast cities of Italy are so different than something like Rome. Yeah. What do and you even think like Florence, Florence versus is so Rome? different too. So, you feel like you can't even compare those? I felt like I maybe enjoyed Florence more than I enjoyed Rome, but you were also were you in Florence longer? Or no? I was in Florence longer. So to me, it felt less hectic, sure. a little more relaxing. But also, it's like if I were to go back to either Florence or Rome again, I would choose to go back to Rome because I feel like there's more there that I didn't experience. Whereas like I spent like one day more in Florence and I felt like I had kind of seen it all. Yeah, that makes sense. I I would rank Rome pretty high. I think it's amazing. And you also have the Vatican City in there that you can right. explore. So it just has so much to offer, so much to do. Okay, so that was the listener question. So, okay, let's get into, Hallie, like your specific kind of thoughts on Rome. Do you want to give us, okay, give us like a quick little like brief overview, thoughts on Rome, what comes to mind when we're talking about it. Okay, so I've said this like a few times, but we were only there for a couple days. It was super hot both days that we were there. This is like first week in August to set the scene. They say it's the busiest summer that Rome has ever experienced. So there were so many people everywhere. It was very overwhelming. Our Airbnb was a really good location. It was like a 10-minute walk from Trevi Fountain, which is, if you've seen the Lizzie McGuire movie, you know. Of course. like makes the wish did you get to did you like wake up really early to try to beat the crowds or is it just unavoidable especially like when you were there it's just like no matter when you go it's gonna be like insanely packed no you can definitely beat the crowds if you go early okay because we i'll get to this later but we had like a super early vatican city tour and so we like saw the fountain on our way there and it was oh perfect okay good Another thing that I would recommend is Mr. 100 Tiramisu. So we Mm. saw this on TikTok and it's this tiramisu place that has a hundred different kinds of tiramisu. Oh my gosh. It's the coolest place ever. I'd never been to anything like it. Never been to a tiramisu place in general, but this place was so cool. They like make it right in front of you. It's super fresh. The like employees were super nice. So it was really fun delish i can't remember what kind i got i think i got what kind of flavors were like one of my friends got cookies and cream okay my other friend got dulce de leche it was so good though so i'll post i have a picture of the menu that i'll post on instagram so you can see like all the different flavors but couldn't recommend more also vespas everywhere the stereotype is so true and it's I think it's mostly because, like, the streets are all just so old and, like, most of them are just so tiny and narrow that, like, it would be just way easier to drive a little Vespa around, but... Oh, compared to, like, a car or something. Yeah. But is it walkable? I mean, could you walk or, like, why Vespa's over, like, just, like, walking? Yeah, it's a pretty not walkable, I would say. Okay. It... I don't know. It depends where you are because, like... Trevi Fountain and the Coliseum and where we were staying, like, we walked to each of those places. But the Vatican, we walked to from our Airbnb, and it was, like, a 45-minute walk. Okay, yeah. So, it just, I mean, you can, can you, like, do it, but... Rent, or can you, like, 
are va- like do people use Vespas as like taxis like can you just like be like hey can I have a ride or does that like not happen I did not unfortunately but I did take a taxi in okay. Rome because like I said when we walked to Vatican it was 45 minutes and then but that was like super early in the morning so it wasn't too hot yet so we were like okay we can do it but then by the time we were done with the tour it was like 1 p.m heat of the day we were like we're not making it yeah back. so we got a taxi and this taxi driver was so funny he like didn't speak any English but okay. he was like trying to make conversation with us and he was just like singing these like italian songs oh my gosh and we were just like in the back and it was so funny but then he like he kept trying to talk to us in any kind of word that he knew in english but the only thing he knew was like spaghetti like he kept just being like <laughs> he would like point to restaurants and be like spaghetti 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 oh he's funniest... trying to give you guys recommendations That's yeah because that was like the only word that he knew that like we would know <laughs> and he was whipping it down these tiny little oh cobblestone gosh. streets it was crazy like these roads are so narrow, like narrow enough for barely one car to get through. But then there's also pedestrians that are walking down these little alleys. Yeah. So you're trying to like avoid them. And there's so they're so bumpy. So you're just like flying around in the back. Okay, wait. So how was Vatican City? What did you think of that? So amazing. Definitely a must do if you go to Rome. Got to see the Sistine Chapel, St. Peter's Basilica. Just everything was so beautiful. It's crazy to me though like how it's a country Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like was it like a stark contrast of like you could tell like when you got into vatican city that it was like different than rome or not really it basically just felt like one big enclosed museum oh like there were just so many different buildings that were just all kind of like museums and that's basically all it is like there's nothing really else to it people people like live there though Right? There's like residential. I think, yeah, there are apartments and like little residential areas, but basically kind of just like government officials, I think. Right. And like, I let me look up what the population is. And how far was it from Rome? Like the city center of Rome? 825 people live in the Vatican City. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's really small. So it's pretty much just like the people that work there and like the Pope. Yeah. Um, it's, well, it's technically, like, the city of Rome kind of surrounds it. Is, like, the Colosseum in, like, the city center of Rome? Is that, like, pretty centrally located? Yeah, Trevi Fountain and the Colosseum are kind of, like, right around the center. Give me a second, I'll map it. Yeah, it says 42-minute walk three kilometers away from Trevi Fountain, which is, like, basically the center-ish of the city. Okay, so Sistine Chapel, what was that like? So cool to see. And it's like, I'm not even this like big art history buff. Like I've always thought it's interesting to learn about like the history behind art pieces. But literally, even if you know nothing about it, I don't know how you could see that and not be just completely blown away. It's so big. And to think that somebody like painted all the little details. And I, I mean, it was crazy. One of the cool things that we did was we got like a guided tour of it. And so I actually learned a lot on the tour that I didn't know before. And the most interesting thing that the tour guide was telling us is that Michelangelo didn't want the job of painting the Sistine Chapel. Like he dreaded having to do it. Cause it's like so big and just like overwhelming. It's so big and overwhelming and he's not a painter. He's a sculptor. sculptor. Right. Yeah. So why did he know him for Michelangelo's David? Right. So is that, did he do that first? He did David first. And then the Pope was like, oh, that was great. Why don't you paint this church? Yeah. So basically the Pope, which was Pope Julius II, who I guess is pretty infamous for being like super demanding and mean and brutal. But basically he told Michelangelo that, he was going to be the painter and like he couldn't say no. Okay. So he was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. But he was like so intimidated by it because he's like, I he, I looked it up. He had only painted four paintings in his entire career before he had to do the Sistine Chapel. The rest were sculptures. Wow. 
So it's like and he did it he all had himself. No experience. Yes, it was completely just by him. himself. That's yes. amazing. So then I was like doing some digging, and I was like, okay, so why? He was Michelangelo was obviously around when all of these like famous painters were around, like right. Donatello and Raphael right. and the Ninja Turtles, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. And so I was like, why would the Pope want Michelangelo to do it? So I'm like doing some doing my own research here. And I found out that Raphael was who was like another really famous artist. Right. Super jealous of Michelangelo because Michelangelo was like in his early twenties when he did the David sculpture and like got super famous. Wild. And so Raphael was like really jealous of all of his success. And so he actually suggested to Pope Julius II that he should ask Michelangelo to do this. He was trying Chapel. to set him he, up like, for failure. Yes. Yes. He goes to the Pope and he's like, you know who like I've heard is such a talented artist is this Michelangelo. You should really ask him to do it. Drama. Knowing that he has no painting experience. So he totally tries to set him up thinking that it's going to go horribly and he's going to make a fool out of himself. But jokes on Raphael because Michelangelo killed it. So is that like confirmed on by multiple sources, or is this just like legend has it? Raphael is a little jealous of Mike's success. I was looking up on some credible art history <laughs> website, aka Wikipedia. No, actually not Wikipedia. Okay. I found like uh, an article that was written. So I should probably check my sources a little more. But I thought it was so interesting that I had to share I believe tea, it. So. I like the story. Yeah, just to make things a little more juicy. But So also, are you team Raphael or team Michelangelo? <laughs> Avi Michelangelo. Yeah. I love an underdog. Okay, another thing that I learned from the tour guide is that if you look at the painting of the Sistine Chapel from the top to the bottom. The top half is like way more intricate and detailed and has like way smaller images than the bottom half. And she said it was because he was painting the top half and then like got down from the scaffolding and realized you couldn't even see oh. like any of the detail that he had painted from the ground because the ceiling is right. so high up that like when you're on the ground, you can't even see it. So then he was like, oh, well, that was dumb. I just wasted so much time. And then so then the bottom half, he like took way less time on and did way less detailed. Interesting. Yeah. So if you look at it, you can actually compare like the top to the bottom. Wow. It's like very different. I love that. So many fun facts that I learned on my tour. It was great. Highly recommend. Well, that's another <laughs> thing I was going to say. I feel like tell me if you disagree, but I feel like some places you can just kind of like go and figure out yourself like what you're looking at. But I feel like Rome, there is so in Vatican City, obviously, there's so much history that it's so old that you need the details. You need to go on like the guided tours. It's definitely worth paying 100%. for that to get the information. Yeah, definitely. Because we went through so many other things besides the Sistine Chapel. So like I feel like the Sistine Chapel obviously is really well known. Maybe there are probably a lot of people that know a lot of information about that piece of art without needing somebody to tell them about it. But there's so many other museums that we went through and so many other pieces of art that I learned so much about that I had never even heard of. Right. So either way, even if you think you're an expert on certain pieces of art, I guarantee you're still going to learn Oh, for sure. A lot. Yeah. It's worth, and you're there. Like, don't go all the way to like not learn something about it. So, right. Okay. So, what else did you see? We also saw the St. Peter's Basilica, which is actually Michelangelo's final commission. He was the architect of the building. Okay. And he was named the architect at age 71. And wow. so the building wasn't finished until after he died, but he designed it himself. It's known now as like one of the holiest Catholic shrines. It is the most beautiful building I've ever seen. It's so detailed, so intricate and ornate and everything is like crusted in gold. And I can't even imagine how much money was right. spent on that building. But it's just so grand. Like the ceilings are so tall. And I have this video that I'll put on the Instagram and pictures too. But you 
it puts it into perspective because you can see like the little people walking on right, the bottom. Yeah. And then you see how tall the ceiling is and it's just mind-blowing. Okay. And then you briefly mentioned the Coliseum. So what were your thoughts on that? So cool. It was just amazing to see. I mean, I like, you know what it looks like. Yeah. Like being there, being inside of it and just knowing it was so difficult for me to wrap my head around how old it actually is. Right. Because it started being built in seven, like the year 70. Right. Which I'm like, I can't even, what even was around then? I don't even know. Like, I feel like when you learn history in school, you don't even learn what was going on then. Right. You like, like start what later. was life at that point? Yeah. So basically the reason it was built is because Rome was like pretty much in shambles after this like big plague came through. And so tons of people died. Tons of people were like living in poverty. The economy was horrible. And so the king or the emperor decided to build this coliseum to kind of stimulate the economy, give people some entertainment to like help them escape from the plague and how horrible their life was. Yeah. And so he built this coliseum and it had the capacity of 50 to 80,000 is like what they estimate. And the crazy thing is, it's like when you see pictures of it, you can clearly tell that there's like parts of it that are missing. Right. Like obviously, it haven't been, withstood time. And right. Yeah. But in our like tour, they were saying that only 33% of it still remains. So what you see is only a third of what it originally was. So was it originally much taller or like wider or like what is not there anymore? It's just like it used to be like thicker. Okay. Like yeah. it's just like kind of gotten more frail yeah, and fragile. Okay. And like all of the seats that used to be built into the stadium are no longer there. Okay. But it still is like hard to wrap my head around that that's only a third of it. Because right. like the foundation is still all there. So I don't know. That was just really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It was also used to reinforce the social hierarchy, which I thought was interesting because the women and the poor and the slaves were all like obviously forced to sit in the nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. And then like the more wealthy you are and more important you were, obviously you could sit like closer in the better seats. Yeah. But it's interesting because this was like the first time ever that like women or the poor or slaves were allowed to be a part of something like that that was considered like a leisure activity or a form of entertainment. And so even though it was used to enforce the social hierarchy, it was pretty smart the way they did it because even though there were people that were clearly viewed as less important than others, they were just happy to be there. They like felt so thankful to even be given the opportunity to see the show and to like be included in it that they didn't care that they were like less important basically right that they didn't even have good seats but that they were just there at all they were happy yeah so basically the whole thing was the emperor's like scheme to kind of trick the poor into not being unhappy and they got this free show and this free food and then that way they wouldn't like revolt and rise up against interesting the higher class hmm. yeah okay super interesting but yeah so i'm learning all this on my tour okay and this tour is supposed to be two hours long of the coliseum okay you can buy like longer tours that you can get like a two-hour tour three-hour tour a four-hour tour i'm pretty sure we bought the two-hour tour because this was the same day that we did the vatican okay so we did the vatican in the morning and then we like got a couple hours in the middle to like rest and then we had to get back out and do the coliseum tour yeah and so we're like exhausted by this point but we're like we have one full day basically right you gotta gotta do it yeah yeah so we get to our coliseum tour and it magnificently like the temperature like cooled way down it was way nicer out it was great so we're on this tour that's supposed to be two hours long and the two hour markets 
and our tour guide is yapping. <laughs> he is not indicating that he is anywhere near being done with what he has to say. And he keeps mentioning like, oh, and on our second and third stops, I'll tell you more about this, blah, 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 blah. But we're like still in the Coliseum. Right. And so everybody's looking at each other like second and third stops. Yeah, like where is like, he what? taking we're us? We're already at two hours. Yeah. Like where else are we going? So then he takes us to the Arch of Constantine. Okay. So that was built in the year 315 in the uh, in commemoration of the victory of Constantine I the Great. Wish I knew the history of that. But Didn't listen too much on your tour, apparently. Well, by that, I was pretty zoned out because <laughs> we had already been standing in the Coliseum for like two and a half hours. So we get to this arch. He tells us about the arch. Great. Now we're on to stop number three. Okay. At this time, it's like three hours into our tour. That was supposed to be over in two hours. Right. And, you know, okay, we're thankful to be in Rome. We're not complaining. Right, right, but right, right. Like, Also, we're hungry. Yes. Hungry <laughs> we're like, girls. It's just like wasn't what we were planning for. Yeah. And we're a little confused because he's like, just keeps going, whatever. Right. He takes us into this like garden park. Okay. We're on this hike oh, we are hiking, hiking up this hill we are hiking <laughs> nobody knew this was coming <laughs> everyone in the tour group is like looking at each other we're all like talking to each other like yo did you know it was supposed to take this long like no one was expecting it so we're hiking up this hill in this random park nobody knows where we are and we get to the top of this mountain okay or not mountain it's like okay. yeah i was like where are you it's a mountain to me right and we see in the distance black clouds. Oh, no. Like, black. And they're quickly moving towards us. And we're like, oh, my gosh. Like, this guy. Like, he had, it's he sees the clouds. Yeah. He knows oh, we're he about knows. to get torrentially downpoured on. And he, but he's talking. He's given us the history of this park. And he's also just one of those people that is a rambler and like went off on these random tangents with this thick Italian accent. Lacking social cues a little bit. Oh, so much. And so he's talking and he's talking. We spend like another hour in this park. Okay. So now it's a four hour tour. Oh, that was supposed to be two hours. My. So at this point, people are like annoyed. Yeah. Like definitely annoyed by this point. And the clouds now are directly over the top of us. So... It starts raining, like sprinkling. Okay. And he's still talking. Yep. And we're like, okay, can we leave? Like, we're getting rain on. Yeah. And then it starts torrentially oh, downpouring. Oh, my gosh. And he goes, okay, so, like, I guess now I'll wrap up since <laughs> you guys probably want to get out of this bad weather. And we're like, yeah, like, how do we get out of here? We're on the top of the hill that we just hiked up. <laughs> and he's like starts pointing he's like well like you need to go this way and then like around that corner and then the gate is on the left but then if you go down this he's like giving us so many directions and we're like what are you saying right and he's like you'll just have to figure it out it's too complicated to explain oh my god and we're all looking at him like are you kidding me it's pouring we are all drenched and he's like i can't direct you out of this park like you want he's like my job here is done i'm a tour guide yeah, he's not like, a rescue well, my my tour is finished i'm off the clock like bye oh my god and just leaves us all there and so we like are sprinting out of this park granted i am wearing a white skirt oh okay? no mistake i did not know it was supposed to rain and i also didn't think i was gonna be out there long enough to get stuck in the rain so we finally find our way out of this park and it's like a 25 minute walk back to our airbnb in the downpouring rain pouring yes and so we just like we're like whatever like we're already dressed yeah like, we're just gonna do it so we're just like running through the streets of rome trying to get back to our airbnb we get so lost oh my okay? gosh and then we get like 10 minutes away from our airbnb finally and we're starving we're so hungry it's like 8 30 by this point and we were supposed to like eat at six right right <laughs> the tour took so freaking long and so we're so hungry and we're like we don't want to go back to our airbnb have to shower get all re-ready again and then because that's going to take another like hour till we can get food and we're so hungry and we're like 
screw it. We're just going in like this. <laughs> so, and you're soaked through white skirt. Soaking. We actually all look like wet dogs. Oh, and I have the funniest picture. We're like finger combing our hair like at the dinner table. Like people were so afraid. Of oh, us you went to like we a look- sit down place. Why didn't you just get like a to go thing? We couldn't find anything. Oh, we like my were gosh. walking through the streets and everywhere was either full or like couldn't get us in or there were lines out the door. Oh, they weren't we were, like, full, honey. They just said there's no room for you looking like no room that. for wet dogs. Yeah. The rest. <laughs> <laughs> we looked so bad. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky somebody let you in. Yeah. So we get into this sit down like pizza joint and it was, I mean, it was fire. It was so good. But we were just like, people were definitely getting like the biggest kick out of us because we looked so scary, but we were just ravenous and needed food immediately. <laughs> so then we got our pizza and had a nice little soggy 10 minute walk back home. But at least we were happy. Those and bellies full. were full, hangry no more. <laughs> but when I tell you that it was raining so hard, like you couldn't even see, like we were outside and like it was raining so hard you could barely open your eyes and like we were having to like run 50 meters and then we'd like jump into a shop really quick and like take shelter (laughs) and like wring out our clothes I kind (laughs) of feel like that's better though sometimes I just love if it's gonna rain just downpour unless you're in a white skirt okay okay fair fair (laughs) and then I get back to the Airbnb and I look in the mirror and I realize the complete back of my skirt is like brown from the mud. <laughs> oh no! Oh my so not gosh. only is it soaked through, but it's also stained brown. Yeah, they, that's why they didn't let you in. They were like, I don't know what problems these <laughs> girls have. They're like, but- we don't know where you've been. Yeah. Um, but this is <laughs> looks unsanitary. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, that was the wrap-up to our Rome adventure. We left the next day, but then we ended up having to come back to Rome because that's where we flew out of to get back to the U.S. After you did, like, more travels elsewhere. Yeah, so we technically did go back to Rome, but that was a whole other adventure because we were coming from Salerno, Italy, which is kind of down by the Amalfi Coast. And our flight was like 11 a.m. in the morning, but we had to get up super early coming from Salerno to get on a train all the way to Rome and then get through security, you know, the whole thing. Right, because you're doing an international flight like back to the U.S., right? yeah. Right, exactly. So we get up at like 6 a.m. in Salerno to get on the train to go to the Rome airport. And as soon as we wake up, we all check our phones and we all have emails that our flight has been canceled. (gasps) No. Yeah. And like not delayed. Canceled. Worst nightmare. And they like don't give a reason. They're just like, oh, it's canceled. Sorry. Right. And we're like, what are what are you supposed to do in that situation? Like, just absolute panic. Yeah. So we're like, well, we have to get out of this Airbnb. We, like, don't have it another day. We already have all of our trains pre-booked to, like, take us to Rome. Right. At least get to Rome. And so we're like, yeah. So we're like, okay, I guess we're just going to get to Rome. So we get on our train from Salerno, and then we stop in Florence and have to get on a new train. Okay. But our train from Salerno, super delayed. There was, like some type of problem on the train and we had to like stop at one of the other stops for a really long time basically we get to florence and miss our train oh no we're like this day well at least you're not trying to catch a flight at least you know you're not gonna miss your flight because it's not existent anymore and at this point this is the very end of our trip. We are so over carrying our giant suitcases everywhere, like up and down so many stairs on and off so many trains. We're so fed up with it. Yeah. And so we get off the train at Florence and <laughs> we have to find like the customer service desk. Right. And it's like down these stairs and around the corner. <laughs> We're like, lugging our huge suitcases down the steps and one of my friends that I was with her name's Reagan we were just so frustrated and she just like let out the biggest like 
frustrated scream. <laughs> She's like suitcase down she like is like oh my gosh i just want to get home but like scream like so we thought no one was around like nobody was around us but then we turn a corner and there was like a housekeeping lady oh, like cleaning the hallway <laughs> she turned and looked at us and was like <laughs> like jaw was on the floor and like looked horrified and we were like oh i'm sorry like we were so embarrassed but it was funny so eventually we get to the help desk and they were actually so helpful okay like, good shout out to the florence train customer service i don't know what their title is but they were like oh don't worry about it at all they got us new tickets oh, that great. we didn't have to pay for they like told us exactly where we need to go and we had like the florence train connected to rome but then we had to get on a different train from Rome to get us to the airport. So okay. we had like multiple trains now that we were missing right. because this one got delayed. Yeah. So they like figured it all out for us, oh, got nice. all set up. It was great. Super low stress. They killed right. it. Okay. To wrap this up. Sorry. This is just like such an adventure. Such Eventually an adventure. we get to the Rome airport and we're like talking to the people and we're like, yo, why is our flight canceled? Like, we're supposed to get back to the U.S. Right. Like, my friend Megan had to take the GRE in, like, two days. Oh, panic. Back in yeah. the States. Yeah. So she's, she's like, happy. I, like, actually have to be home. Yeah. Like, I can't, like, be here two more days, whatever. And they set us up in the bougiest hotel, okay? Because <laughs> they couldn't find a flight for you that day, So right? Yeah. So, so they, they're like, the next flight we can get you on is the next day. So they put us up in this hotel for like the whole day and that night. And then we get on the next flight the next day. This flight or this hotel was so nice. And they gave us like three meal vouchers. We got like free lunch, free dinner, free breakfast the next day. I was low-key loving it. Yeah. Hallie, and this is like, why. I had nothing to be home for. I was like, wait, extra day of vacation? Okay. And this story is part of the reason, honestly, why Hallie and I started this podcast because we were like, oh my gosh, okay, great. Like your flight gets canceled, but Hallie did some little like solo exploration on this day that she like was put up in this hotel because it was a new, because the hotel or the airport is not like in the city of Rome, right? So it was like a new kind of like area. kind of by the coast yeah. of Italy. So she got to like explore a little bit around the airport in this new area. And this is where we were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Where like other people were like, I know other people would like not be happy about that. And they would just be like, I'm ready to go home and eat my own food and sleep in my own bed. But it's like, you know, this is part of travel. You have to take the good yeah. with the bad. And exactly. that's kind of what we wanted to like celebrate and be like, yes, we know bad things can happen when you travel. It's not all like perfect stories, but you just got to make the most out of it because you're in Rome. You're freaking exactly. <laughs> it's like literally as much that could go wrong when you're traveling. You just have to put it into perspective that like, you know what? I could be at home right now or at work. Yeah. Like, at least I'm somewhere new and exciting. Exactly. That like even if this isn't going according to plan, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be somewhere new and to be able to go places that probably 99% of the world's population have only been able to dream about going to. Exactly. So it's like you just have to put things into perspective and just when you're going on big trips like this, you have to understand that like you are going to be the luckiest person in the world if you don't encounter a single travel problem. Like it's going to happen. So like prepare yourself for it, be ready for it and don't be overwhelmed and have a meltdown if it happens because you just got to roll with the punches and life will be okay yeah uh, eventually i made it home and all was well and yeah it was just, they just another adventure another story to tell yeah so. they put you in a hotel they booked you on a flight the next morning they paid for your food whatever right and then you yep. made it home and it was fine yeah so this brings us to our travel hack to know so this is there's this travel law it's called eu261 and this is really important. You can get a lot of money, which, Hallie, have you heard anything yet? I have not. I've okay. sent two emails. All right. So we'll. And I haven't heard. Basically, I think you have to keep following up. But anyways, this law states that if you are in a flight into or out of the European Union 
and it is delayed by more than three hours or canceled completely, like Hallie's was, you can be compensated up to 600 euros, but sometimes it's like randomly way more. And but at least like 600 euros, depending on like the length of your flight. So if it's like more than 3,500 kilometers, you're going to get at least 600 euros, which any almost every single flight from anywhere in Europe to the United States is going to be that more than 3,500 kilometers. So basically, if you have a flight into or out of Europe from the U.S., and it gets delayed by more than three hours or canceled, make sure you submit a claim online. I'll put the link in the podcast description. And the this is in addition to like Hallie got the hotel and the flight voucher or the meal vouchers from the airline and stuff like that. Like that's from the airline canceling her flight. She, You might get reimbursement from the airline itself too to like apologize for the delayed flight or canceled flight in addition to the hotels and meals. But then this is like a European Union law. So this is like separate from any airline. So just make sure if you get reimbursed from your airline that you're just submitting a claim for this site as well to get extra cash because that can fund your next flight to Europe. So yeah, so true. And it's like this happened so long ago and I'm like still trying to get information back about it so it's like not the quickest response yeah but we have heard of people hearing back and getting money for it so it's like worth it to do it worth it to be consistent I mean it's a law they legally are required to give you the money whether it takes them six months or a year to get it to you like they have to give it to you yeah you're not like begging and bargaining for them to like do something to make up for their mistake it's truly a law so keep that in mind for any flight delayed my more than three hours or canceled going into or out of the European Union. And this counts with like flights within the European Union as well. You just might not get reimbursed as much because those flights are obviously shorter. They're not going to hit that 3,500 kilometer mark. But yeah, we'll link that in the podcast description so you can read more about that if that's something that applies to you. Okay. I think that takes us to the end of the Rome content. Thanks for sharing all your thoughts and stories, Hal. That was yeah, of course. Um, well, let us know if you guys are team Romulus or Remus or team Raphael or Michelangelo. Yeah, we have so much tea in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Choose your side. Make <laughs> sure you give us a follow on Instagram at Love It There Pod, where we'll show lots of pictures and videos of the stuff that we talk about. Um, and we'll allow you that's where you can leave like listener question for your the next topic or the next podcast episode. We'll put a question box on for that. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And follow us on YouTube if you want. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, feel free to tell us what places you want to hear about next. Either by commenting on the YouTube or on our Instagram. We can't promise that we've been there, but we're always looking to see what you guys are interested in and what you want to hear about. So feel free to let us know. Perfect. All right, you guys, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and we will see you next week. Bye.